the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. This September, we're beginning a series in the book of 1 Corinthians called We Are Church. Now, Paul spent a lot of time helping the small but growing church in Corinth navigate life in a vibrant and diverse city. So before the series properly starts, we thought it'd be great to introduce the city to you so that you can appreciate all the cultural pressures and temptations these young Christian converts encountered as they sought to worship God in Corinth. Well, by the time Paul arrived in Corinth, we can truly say it was a Roman city. The original Greek city was destroyed by the Romans almost 200 years uh, before Paul arrived there. But it was later rebuilt as a Roman colony in 44 BC by Julius Caesar. In fact, it was such an important city that the Romans named it the capital of the region, and so replacing Athens in political and economic importance. Now, like many new and growing cities, wealthy individuals funded the building of public buildings and civic structures. Great pride was taken in being able to contribute to the success of the city. And so those who donated ensured that their names were inscribed for all to see and know who paid for the work. It is known that Corinth was a city where public boasting and self-promotion became an art form. Archaeologists have found huge numbers of inscriptions across the city ruins, telling people who made this road, who paid for this theatre, who funded these baths. As a Roman city, it also followed the Roman cultural system of patronage. The wealthy and powerful five or so percent of the population acted as patrons for socially inferior clients. Now, the patron provided protection, money. Often there were no banking facilities, so patrons loaned money to people and also provided access to power and decision making. And in return, the client had to show loyalty specifically to that patron and no one else in giving thanksgiving to them and supporting their political ambitions. And therefore, there was a very strong interrelationship between patrons and clients in the city of Corinth. Now, the reason why Corinth was chosen as the regional capital was probably trade, tourism and temples. Corinth is significant because of its location. It lay on an isthmus joining the Peloponnese to mainland Greece. As a city, it had two ports which enabled it to trade both with um, the Roman Empire in the west and the Roman Empire in the east. It therefore served as a significant trading hub. Any boat traveling from the west across the empire to the east and beyond normally had to travel around the Peloponnese, but one could shorten the journey by days and weeks and make the journey much safer by traveling via Corinth. Now, if you were traveling in a small boat, then that boat could physically be pulled out of the water um, on, say, the western port and then dragged by slaves across wooden rollers the four miles across the isthmus and then put back into the sea on the eastern side. For larger vessels, their goods were unloaded, transported across the isthmus by slaves and put on a new ship in the other port. 
So it not only saved time, but reduced the risk of piracy or storms. The taxes collected on all transactions of trade increased the wealth of Corinth significantly and therefore made it one of the dominant cities of its age in the Roman Empire. And with two ports, Corinth was also famous as a cosmopolitan city where all cultures and ethnicities mixed together. Perhaps this was part of Paul's strategy for spending time in the city to plant a church amongst both Gentiles and Jews. As people pass through the city, they may have had the opportunity to hear the gospel from Paul or others in the church. And later on in part two, we'll be looking at tourism and temples. We've already explored the Roman culture which shaped city life and why it was such a strategic city for trade between the eastern and western halves of the Roman Empire. We now look at how tourism and temples helped shape the daily lives of the young but growing church in Corinth. Corinth attracted large numbers of regular visitors. They came to the city for a whole range of reasons, but one of the most important ones was that Corinth was actually a center of sporting excellence. The Isthmian Games, second only to the Olympic Games in fame, were held every two years just outside the city, at a place where there was a large temple to the Greek god Poseidon, who the Romans called Neptune. And surrounding the temple, there were permanent buildings and racetracks for the competitions. Now, it's worth noting that those games didn't just involve sporting activities, but also poetry and music competitions. One year, even the Emperor Nero himself competed in the Isthmian Games, playing the lyre. So in the photo on the left, you can see um, the remains of not only the temple, but some of the other buildings. And in the distance at the back, you can see an amphitheater where the music and where the poetry took place. Now, if you won the, a sport or an activity at the Olympic Games, you were crowned with a wreath of olive leaves. But in the Isthmian Games, you were crowned uh, with a wreath made out of pine needles. Now, these games provided a great deal of short term work and even had specially elected officials to organize them who acted as patrons. Now, these games were also slightly different than the Olympic Games because they allowed women to participate at all different levels. And famously in history, it's recorded that even some of the main feature races, like some of the race uh, running races, were actually won by women. Now, you may wonder, where did all these tourists stay when they came to the Isthmian Games? And they stayed in leather tents. And if you know what Paul did for a living, if you read Acts 18 verse 3, you know that he was a worker of leather and made leather tents. So it all ties in quite nicely together. Well, while the sporting events attracted large numbers of tourists, at other times of the years, it was the temples that attracted people from across the Roman Empire. Corinth had a number of famous temples which people went on pilgrimage to visit. Perhaps the most famous temple was the temple to Aphrodite, who stood on the rocky mountain overlooking Corinth. As well as being the goddess of love, fertility and prostitution, she was also the goddess of seafaring. Now, in the past, this temple had been a centre of sacred prostitution, but by the time of the Romans, that may have been less significant. 
but sexual expression and activities were still fairly common during festivals and feasting in the area surrounding this temple and pretty much all temples uh, in the Roman Empire. Another temple that was probably visited as much as the temple to Aphrodite was the temple to the god Asclepios, the healing god. The temple in Corinth was one of the biggest ones devoted to him in Greece. Now, interestingly, the temple should be thought of as similar to a health spa rather than just a temple, because surrounding it, there were uh, buildings to sleep and rest in. There were gymnasiums, libraries, baths and tree lined gardens, as well as the main temple sanctuary. Now, in the main temple sanctuary, of course, religious events and animals were sacrificed, but people just didn't come and stay for a small event. They spent days and maybe even weeks visiting uh, this complex. Now, the God of physical healing um, also linked in with emotional and mental health healing and hence all these different buildings and activities that went together. An important part of the complex um, were the public dining rooms where people could gather for daily meals as well as business meetings, special feasts and civic events. Of course, the meat served there would normally have come from the temple sanctuary nearby, since all the meat from sacrificed animals was not wasted but sold on. Now, these business meetings, feasts and civic events generally involved the more wealthy members of Corinthian society and often were accompanied by drinking sessions where slaves not only served drinks, but were there to entertain the guests in all manner of ways, including sexual favours. And finally, before we finish talking about this temple, people often would have models of parts of their body that they wanted healed, made out of clay and displayed in the temple. And there were rooms set aside for the displaying of these items. Archaeologists have found hundreds, if not thousands, of fully formed shapes or fragments of feet, hands, ears, legs, etc., etc., even whole heads, and particularly um, numerous were male and female genitalia. Well, so there we have it a rough guide to Paul's Corinth, a truly Roman city famous for its trade, its tourists and its temples. Well, we hope you've heard what you've heard tonight will help you understand the context of 1 Corinthians and what Paul says to the young Corinthian church.